As you know, we've been talking about psalms for all seasons. What, what we realized is that throughout the book of psalms, the, psalms uh, the book is a hymn book. And throughout that book of psalms, uh, we, we find almost every season of life represented. There are psalms to celebrate. There are psalms that help us lament or grieve. There are psalms to sing when we're angry. There are psalms to sing when we worship. Throughout the book, there are psalms for almost every season of life. This morning, I want us to think together about a thin place. Those times in which we find ourselves in a place where we can more easily connect with God. The, the phrase, a thin place, is a Celtic phrase. The, the ancient Celtic Christians thought that there were certain places in the world where the earth and heaven were just a little closer. And if you found your way to one of these places, then you could more easily connect with God, hear Him, experience Him, those kinds of things. I want us to think about this thin place in Psalm 122. I invite your attention to the 122nd Psalm. There are different kinds of Psalms in the book. Last week, we looked at a specific kind of psalm called a maskil. And a maskil, you may remember, is a psalm of instruction. It's a, it's a song that was sung to teach us something. This morning, we're going to look at a different uh, set of psalms, a specific, that had specific purposes. Toward the end of the book of Psalms, we get to a section of 15 psalms that are called the Psalms of Ascent. Your Bible may have a title that says Psalm of Degrees, but it, it, it means that these, these are the Psalms of Ascent. Now, as soon as you hear the word ascent, you think about climbing. The airplane ascends to certain level. And that is indeed the purpose of these 15 psalms. They are the psalms that were sung as people ascended Mount Zion on their way to Jerusalem. There were three festivals each year. There were more festivals than that, but there were three specific times in which the Hebrews from all over, from everywhere, were expected to show up in Jerusalem. Before the temple was built, the tabernacle was there. David made sure that, that the tabernacle was placed in Jerusalem. You remember last week we even mentioned how he brought the Ark of the Covenant there and, and established that as their headquarters. Uh, the tabernacle and then eventually the temple where God resided, where they could come and meet with him. And so three times a year, no matter where you lived, it was expected that you would make the journey to Jerusalem. 
When they got to Mount Zion, that meant that they would have to climb. Everyone, in order to get to Jerusalem, would have to ascend. You would have to climb. And so they had a road trip playlist. Uh, for some of us, that's a mixtape. The road trip playlist. They would sing these 15 psalms as they climbed up the mountain or the hill. As they ascended, they would sing these songs. The songs tell their story, and it would prepare them for a meaningful time of worship as they climbed that 2,700-foot trek to the top of the mountain. Have you ever experienced the reality that life is hard? We all understand life is hard, right? That is Psalm 120. Life is hard. In my distress, I called out to the Lord, and he answered me. The next psalm, Psalm 121, is, yeah, life is hard, but there's a place that we can go and meet God. That's Psalm 121. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come from? My help comes from Yahweh, who made heaven and earth. Psalm 120, life is hard. Psalm 121, yeah, but there's a place where you can meet God and he can help you. And then Psalm 122, our psalm for this morning. They start walking. Because life is hard, they know they can meet God in, in, at the top of the mountain. And so they begin to walk. From the north, from the south, from the east, from the west, they come, they walk, they sing. And finally, they arrive. That is the story of Psalm 122. They finally arrive at the place where they can meet God who can help them because life is hard. Let's look at it together. A song of ascents of David. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Our feet have been standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem built as a city that is bound firmly together, to which the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, and was decreed for Israel to give thanks to the name of the Lord. Their thrones for judgment were set, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they be secure who love you. Peace be within your walls and security within your towers. For my brothers and companions' sake, I will say, peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your good. Let's look through that more carefully together. I want us just to walk through verse by verse very quickly, and then we're going to slow down and talk about what we just read. Okay, verse 1, I was glad when they said to me, let's go to the house of the Lord. There's a thin place, a place where it is easier for us to connect to God, a place where we can hear him, sense his presence, perhaps easier than other places. Maybe it's hard to really connect to God in the middle of a baseball game or on the highway 
But when we go to a thin place, when we come to the tabernacle or the temple, we know we can say, here I can meet him. I'm so glad somebody invited me. I was glad when they said to me, let's go to the house of the Lord. In verse 2, our feet have been standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. They're excited to finally be there. They've been looking forward to getting there. They were singing Psalm 120, life is hard, but 121, we know we're on our way and we're going to meet him and he's going to take care of us. And 122, we finally got here. Our feet are inside we're, we're finally here in verse 3, Jerusalem built as a city that is bound firmly together. Once they got into the city, they looked around and they said, this place is amazing. Look how well it's built, the beautiful buildings and structures around them. This is incredible. This is amazing place for our 20th anniversary with the church. You guys sent us on a trip. You let us pick where we went. We went to New York. And it's just amazing. You get, out, you get out to New York for the first time. It's the only time I've ever been there. You get out and you look around, and there's just all these buildings. It's just incredible. You see how high they go, and some of them how old they are. And there's just a beauty in the chaos of the city. Here, these folks have journeyed a long way. Some of them have come a very long way, and they're finally at the top of the hill, and they finally step into Jerusalem, and they look around at the city, and they say, you know what? This place is really well built, bound firmly together. After they look at the buildings, then they start looking at the people. Verse 4, to which the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord. As, as was decreed for Israel. They looked at the buildings. This is an amazing place. And then they looked at the people. That's the reason that we've gathered. All these people have come to this place. All the people of God are here. Verse 5, the thrones of judgment were set. That's the place where authority is. Now, today, you and I hear someone talk about judgment and we recoil. Don't judge me. But... When they talk about the thrones of judgment, what they mean is this is the place where decisions are made and justice is set. This is the place where the good things happen. This is the place where justice can be found. And so they celebrate. This is the place where the authority is. I can't, I can't believe we're finally here in Jerusalem. This is awesome. And because they're so grateful to be there, they want, they want Jerusalem to be okay forever. And so verse 6, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And I have to pause there, don't I? And hear me very carefully. Hear my heart. The media... And the politicians very quickly do what they always do. They immediately divided us. They told you that you have to be pro-Israel. They told you you have to be pro-Palestinian. And if you watch that other news network, you're going to be brainwashed to like the wrong people. I'm going to say to you, Politics is not going to enter this pulpit. But this pulpit will always be a place of prayer for Jerusalem. That's what it says to do. We pray for peace. 
Does that mean that I'm a Fox guy or a CNN guy? You still don't know because I haven't told you. This is not Republican, Democrat, Israel, Palestine. This is peace. That's what we need to be about, God's people. Pray for peace in Jerusalem. May they secure, may they be secure who love you. Verse 7, he goes on. With, he begins a blessing. Peace be within your walls and security within your towers. For my brothers and companions' sake, I will say peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your good. Because that's where God's place is. That's where the thin place is. We pray for peace. That's Psalm 122. Now, let's pump the brakes just a little bit and talk about what we just learned. First, location matters. Location matters. I, I'm not sure that I, that I buy into the ancient Celtic understanding of a physical realm of earth and a physical realm of heaven actually getting closer in certain spots, but I am absolutely convinced that there are places where we can more easily experience God's presence. Maybe you've been there. For some of you, it is a mountaintop in Colorado. For some of you, it is your own back porch. There are places where we can sense His presence. Location matters. There's something about certain locations that speak to us. The other night, I got to go to Globe Life Field. My daughter and her husband gave me a very early Christmas gift. And I got to go to the game. We lost, but we're not talking about that today. <laughs> because in spite of the loss, when you walk in that place, it is just electric. There's something about being at a baseball field that just makes you, just thrills you inside. And if it doesn't, I'm so sorry for you. <laughs> it's just something about being there. The lights are zooming around and the sound is there. and Everybody's in a good mood until they get drunk in the seventh inning. It's awesome just to be there. Location matters. And so the, the, David, as he's writing this, he's saying this is a place where we can meet God and God's people come together. It, friend, I, I, I want you to see that this room is just, it's just wood and sheetrock and metal. But because we have said this is where we as God's people are going to meet him, this is a thin place. This location matters. You say, yeah, well, I can worship God anywhere. Yeah, you can. Absolutely. But this is a place that we understand that we can come together as His people 
and meet him here and sense his presence. You say, I don't need to go to church. I, I understand. But the truth is, you do. When you go to the pool, you feel like swimming. When you go to the kitchen, you feel like eating. When you go to church, you feel like worshiping. It's, it's just being in the place that speaks to you. There are times when I come in this room, when it's quiet and empty. The other day I came in, one afternoon I came in, the lights were off, and the sun was shining through that stained glass window on the back wall and it cast colorful light right there in the center aisle I took a picture of it I even posted the picture but you know how you know how pictures especially once you post them they, they don't really show the colors just right so there was no way to capture the beauty that I saw in those colors but it did record the experience and it just reminded me that location matters. Do you have to be in church on Sunday? No, God is bigger than that. But I'm telling you, when you come, there's something about this place that opens your heart in a way, that opens your mind in a way, that makes it, makes it easier to experience His presence, to hear Him speak, Location matters. Another thing that we learn from the psalm is that family matters. Did you notice the plurals in this psalm? He starts, I was glad, and from then on, it's plural. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. I was glad when I was included, when they included me and we became us. And then from then on, our feet have been standing. Look at the tribes, plural, who have come up. The thrones, pray for the peace. May the peace love you. My brothers and companions, there's a corporate experience in Psalm 122. Throughout the psalm, there are plurals. He describes 12 different tribes. You remember the nation of Israel split into 12 different tribes. They were various tribes. They lived in different regions most of the year. But three times a year, they all came together and had a family reunion. Can you worship on your own by yourself? Sure you can. But God created us with a need for each other, and he expects his people to come together for worship and fellowship and service and discipleship. Out of all those things that I listed, worship may be the only one you can do by yourself. When you say, I've, me and God got this, I can walk through the woods and I can be fine. Yeah, but you're missing out on fellowship, service, discipleship, and worship that's about him instead of about you. Scripture says we are his body. We're Jesus, the church is Jesus' body. 
It goes on in, in great detail that, that you and I make up the different members. You know, somebody's an eyeball, and somebody's a finger, and somebody's an arm, and somebody's a toe, and we, we make up different parts of the body, but it is when we come together that Christ is physically represented in this world. It is when we come together as his body that we experience him in a more full way. Not only does, he, does Scripture talk about us as his body, it says we're his family. We're joint heirs with Christ. He's our big brother. He's the firstborn. But now we are joint heirs with him. Why? Because we've been adopted. If you have accepted Christ, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you have been adopted into God's family. That makes him your father. And if he's your father then I'm your brother, like it or not. We're family. Family matters. Can you still be in the family if you never call any of the other people, you never go to a reunion, you never care, but yeah, you're still in the family, but look at all you're missing. Location matters. Family matters. So Hebrews 10, that familiar passage, reminds us, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. See, that's a part of the Christian experience that we miss if we try to do the Lone Ranger version of it. Let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as some are in the habit, but encouraging one another. All the more as you see the day drawing near. Not long ago, the Cochrane Company, which is a contemporary Christian band, released a song. And when I first heard it was uh, 2021. That's when it was released. For me, it was a response to the COVID shutdowns when we weren't able to worship and be together. I don't think that was the original intent. I think the song was actually written before all that happened, but it was released as we were just starting to come out of COVID. Listen to the words. Tried to walk on my own, but I wound up lost. Now I'm making my way to the foot of the cross. It's not a trophy for the winners. It's a shelter for the sinners. And it's right where I belong. Take me back to the place that feels like home, to the people I can depend on, to the faith that's in my bones. Take me back to a preacher and a verse where they've seen me at my worst, to the love I had at first. Oh, I want to go to church. I want to go to church. And then he says, oh, more than an obligation, it's our foundation, the family of God. I know it's hard, but we need each other. We're sisters and brothers. Take me back. I want to go to church. Family matters. We were created with a need for one another. And then notice that invitations matter. How did the whole psalm get started? I was glad when they said unto me, let's go to church. Invitations matter. Did you know that most unchurched people 
say they would go to church if they were invited. Some say that number is as high as 86%. Not all statisticians agree on the number, but I can tell you that most, more than, more than half, most unchurched people would go to church if they had been invited. Did you also know that most unchurched people say they have never been invited? Invitations matter. I was glad when they said to me, let's go to the house of the Lord. Let's go to church. You say to your friend, to your family, you, you don't have to join up. You don't have to take the name Baptist. But man, I'd love for you to just go and experience this with me. Would you go to church with me on Sunday? I'll come pick you up. Or even easier than that, because our culture is kind of different these days, just say, hey, if, if you'll show up at FBC West at 1010, meet me in the foyer, I'll show you where we sit in our pew. <laughs> and I'll let you sit by me. Invitations matter. And then notice that what happens here matters. In verse 4, the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, as was decreed for Israel, to give thanks to the name of the Lord. That's what happens here. Verse 6, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Prayer is what happens here. We live in a weird time. We live in a time in which church attendance is driven by personal preference and consumerism. Whether I go to church or not is determined by whether I like the music, whether I like the preacher, whether I like the people, whether I like the color of the carpet, whether I like the way they make me feel. Church attendance is driven by personal preference and consumerism. When we first got started this morning, I explained to you that things were different today because uh, we didn't have a praise band. Many of them had other things that they needed to do, and JT is sick, and so he was out. And I explained that things were different. Do you know why I went to the trouble to explain that? Because this happened another time where most of the band was out and we just did simple hymn with a piano. It was different than our norm. And that day we had somebody who came to church. It's the first time, the only time they were here. And after they were in church, they went on Facebook and gave us not a very nice critique of how we did worship. They even went on to Google and gave us the only negative Google review we've ever received. Church attendance is driven by consumerism. Do I like it? Do I get what I want? And see, we have, partially that's the church's fault. Because for too long, we tried to reach out to people and say, come and we'll make you feel good. We'll make you feel welcome. We'll make you happy. Come. And what we did was train people to think that church is about them. Worship, my friends, and I only say it because I love you. 
Worship is not about you. If you're coming to feel good, if you're coming to get attention or to get what you want, then that's a social experience, but it is not worship. In worship, we're focusing on God. We have certain plumb lines in our church, five statements that guide us, that keep us on track. Five statements that help us know who we are. The first one of those statements says, worship is about what we do for God, not what the church does for us. You see, what happens here matters. Because what happens here is God's people gather to make sacrifices to a holy God. You say, we don't make sacrifices. Yes, you do. We don't, we don't kill critters and we don't splash blood everywhere. But you're sacrificing praise. You sacrifice him with time. You sacrifice to him with your desires. You give self. You worship him by saying, God, I'm about you and not me. What happens here matters. John 4 and verse 23, Jesus meets the woman at the well. And she says, I, I don't understand. You're talking, like, you're talking like you're even bigger and better than Jacob who, who built this well for us. And Jesus says, you, you don't get it. Y'all, y'all think you're supposed to worship on this mountain. We think we worship on this. You don't, it's not about all that. It's about worshiping in spirit and in truth, he says, the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such people to worship him. The true worshipers worship him in spirit and in truth. Something deep within, and it's sincere. This is his house. Location matters. Family matters. This is where the family meets him. Invitations matter. We can say, let's go to meet him. What happens here matters. This is where we praise him. And so David says, I was glad when they said I get to be a part of all that. I want to I finish with just this one statement. From Ephesians chapter 5, starting at verse 17. Just listen. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not get drunk with wine, for that's debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs singing and making melody to the Lord within your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Because in a thin place, location matters. Family matters. Invitations 
matter. In a thin place, what happens here matters.